Hello and welcome to The Big Leap presented by CleverTap, the retention cloud leader and pioneer in helping brands engage and retain their users. And as always, we shine a light on the pioneers, the marketers, the companies, the growth leaders achieving growth through retention. Our guests, they come and they share the steps, the strategies, the stories that took them from good to great. And today, well, we focus in on the stories because it is storytelling that takes marketers and their personal brand from good to great. Our guest knows because that is what he does for his clients and throughout his career. He has been focused on digital sales for close to 10 years. And during that time, he has focused on helping his clients develop relationships with their customers by developing compelling content, sometimes on LinkedIn, sometimes some other places. And he also helps entire teams scale employer branding efforts. And guess what? He's cracked the code on this to generate over 5 million views organically on the platform, LinkedIn, and close deals worth multiples of that. So we have today my guest, Jarrett Thomas, Chief Revenue Officer of Outside the Box Digital. Jarrett, great to have you. Thank you for having me, Peggy. It's a pleasure to see you again and be on your platform. Thank you. Absolutely. And talking about platforms, hey, you've got it. You've got a new brand, Outside yeah. the Box Digital. I would imagine that for you. You are OTB, Outside the Box. I was going to say <laughs> off the charts, but I will say Outside the Box. You've got a brand, you've got a podcast, you've got your own marketing agency, which means you probably eat your own dog food as well. What are you bringing from all that building across all of the companies you've worked at and worked for to help your clients do that for themselves? Yeah, I, I, that's a great question. And I think what I want to do and what I'm bringing to my to clients I work with is just for them to envision digital content differently, right? So I think we all seen this in the B2B space in particular, where it's the same messaging, the same color palettes, the same ad campaigns, the same engagement on social media. And I want to shift their mindsets to let them know that they can be fun again. They can have content that resonates with a user and it doesn't have to sell all the time, right? So some of my best content was just me telling a story about myself, whether it's how I got into sales, parenting, uh, maybe I didn't get a good sleep last night. Somebody, a CEO ghosted me at 8.30 at night and we were trying to close them, right? These are all things that happen in your natural progression of work. So I just share that journey and allow people to come into that journey. And I want to do that for brands, right? What is the day-to-day -day like? What do you really believe in? What do you want your customers to extract from you? And how do you help, right? And how can we put that in a fashion that's enjoyable, right? It doesn't have to be boring all the time. So that's, and that's really what I'm focusing on. How can we make marketing fun again? What can we do to tap into our creativity and reach our customers? That's cool. Make marketing fun again. It doesn't have to be boring. It does have to be effective, but that's the cool part yeah. of it, right? Because to be effective, you have to have a brand, a personal brand, and they're intertwined. And we're going to talk about that. But I want to talk about you for a moment because you have a brand. You didn't yeah. always have one. What was that aha moment, that moment that said, I need to have a personal brand because it's going to do a lot for me? Maybe also reduce the cold calls. Yeah, so my my introduction into a personal brand was when I was working at a place called iPool Rank. It was a small agency, 15 per, per, people strong. It was a full service SEO agency. Um, and then I had just been in a weird place in my career. I had good quarters, bad quarters. I had years where I was the top performer. I had years where I was the middle of the pack performer. And me going into this agency, I'm like, man, if I'm gonna be going after Nike, Ubers, Lyfts of the world, 
they're not going to do it by a cold call because we have zero brand recognition or very little, right? So I had a conversation with the CEO at the time, uh, right before hiring me. And I'm like, man, how are we generating revenue? And he told me very clearly, he said, man, it's through Twitter. I have a great personal brand. I have 50,000 followers, but I'm also on the circuit and create content. So that was leading to a lot of referrals, a lot of inbound traffic. And once I heard that, Peggy, it was bing, light bulb went off. I said, holy crap. Okay. So if you're generating millions of dollars of revenue from inbound, strictly inbound, that means your services are really good, but the content is really effective. So if I can do that and break the sales barrier down and show people my expertise and who I am as a person instead of Jared the seller, then my increase my sales, you know, will you know expand exponentially. And so that's what we did. So I had the conversation with them and I was like, look, I'm going to focus on content. So me and my sales partner, Lee Gall, we would go downstairs every single morning with a cup of coffee before we start our day and we would just pull out our phones. No rhyme, no reason, no editing. We didn't have any documents, anything like that, which is what are we going to talk about? Some days we spoke about SEO, content related to our services, but sometimes it was just, man, I'm tired today. Let's bring the motivation or I didn't get a good sleep or Kobe Bryant passed away. Anything that was happening in the mainstream news and our main goal was just to generate conversation. And if you generate conversation, it leaves me opportunity to work with you potentially. That was the moment that made me say, whoa, if I can do this and scale it, right? So my whole thing in sales was, I would get my sales through understanding the business and my personality, but how do I scale that? Right. How do you scale that? If me and you get on a conversation, I feel like I could build a relationship. But how do I build relationships to scale? And that's me telling my story. Where do I come from? How did I get into sales? How do I land my big deals? How do I prep for big meetings? Right. How do I how do I maintain relationships with big people? All of those things. And I would just give it back to the network as I was learning and not knowing I was providing a lot of value for people that were doing similar things. And then from there, it just grew and it grew. And then I just built an entire inbound pipeline where CMOs, VPs, of sale, I mean, VPs of marketing would reach out and say, Jared, love your content. They would never engage with me, never like the post, never commented, but they were actively watching. And it kept me top of my lurkers. And that's what it's about, right? And they would reach out to me. And then what we've seen as a result of that, a sales call that would normally, or process that would take four to five months, now is only taking one month because they want to work with you. They like your stuff already. You've already built that trust and credibility. So now I'm not doing a discovery call. I'm just having a conversation and thinking about ways I can help you. And the interesting thing is, you know, it goes back to marketing in a way. It's a little bit like marketing yeah. on steroids. This is digital. This is brand. This is podcasting. This is using yeah. all the platforms. We'll get to that in a moment. But, you know, it is about things like you buy from people you like. That's it. Right. Familiarity builds frequency, builds trust. These are these are these are straight out of business 101. And this is just moving that further and getting to have that momentum. Now you talked about the benefit here. How do you frame that when you're talking to a client? I think most brands are realizing that the personal brand is beneficial to the brand. I think where they lack is the execution of it, right? Mm -hmm. So most brands it's like, hey, take this webinar, take this blog content that the marketing team produced. Oh, throw it onto your, to your, to your network and let's see what happens. But the problem is, it's not your voice. And then the salesperson, if we're being honest, they don't necessarily care about what marketing produces because there's always a disconnect. Marketing provides 30 leads. I call these 30 leads. They're not ready to buy. You're pointing the finger at me for not closing. And I'm pointing the finger at you for giving me bad quality leads, right? <laughs> so so essentially Got it. the blame game. And that's what I've experienced my entire career, right? So how I basically tell people to inspire it, like I just use my story. I'm in a two bedroom apartment in the Bronx right now. And 
I've been able to unlock, you know, doors in my life and in my career that I never would have had access to. It's people that want to go CEOs that want to go for lunch. They want to mentor me. They want to, you know, connect me with new referrals for my business and things like that. And that's what it's all about. So any brand is thinking about what should I do for a personal brand and what the what the inspiration is. They should want to be their own voice. And if you give them the opportunity to create their own voice, tell their own story and you empower them, you're going to have an employee that's going to stick longer, that's going to be more happy in his role, and that's going to be willing to go above and beyond for you. Right. But the problem is most brands don't even incentivize it. And that's a huge thing, right? So if you want somebody to work on a personal brand, not everybody's going to have the same passion about it as I do, right? There may be a SEO guy that's like, I don't even want my picture up on LinkedIn, let alone post something, right? So, so how do you, how do you balance that, right? And it's all about telling the salespeople what the benefit is. If I can go into a team and like when I do my workshops, I tell them I close $2.2 million from the couch without doing research, without doing the prospecting, without doing those things, which freed me up to actually engage and build relationships versus me just coming up with a hundred lead lists of people who don't know who I exist, don't know my product, don't know my services and aren't ready to buy. It's interesting. You say on your website that you're bringing awareness to the road less traveled by changing the way brands envision digital marketing content and the conversations. What do you mean by that? The road less traveled. That sounds dramatic. It is. But if you think about my story and people who, for, so for, to give you context. So for anybody listening on LinkedIn, the reason why LinkedIn is exploding the way it is, is because it's a content deficient platform, meaning that only two to 5% of people who are actively on the platform post every single day. Mm-hmm. So if you're wondering why people are you know, talking about LinkedIn is because you can get 100,000 views, 200,000 views with your target audience because people are afraid to post there. Why? What does my employee think? What does my coworkers think? What will my boss think of me? Will anybody care? Is what I'm saying valuable enough for people? And it's all these things going into your head, right? Mm-hmm. So that's a, that's a big thing. So for me, when I speak to other brands, I'm probably the only person when I walk into a brand that actually focused on a, on a personal brand especially for the length I've had, right? So I'm in a very small percentage of people and people need to try it, right? So that's what I say about a road less traveled. Had I not worked on a personal brand, it probably wouldn't be a podcast. I probably wouldn't be here speaking with you today. And I would be a middle of the pack salesperson because I had no way to differentiate myself in a pool of infinite talent, it feels like, <laughs> right? So, so that's really what it is. The road less travel is, are you willing to put yourself out there? Are you willing to be uncomfortable to get the engagement? Are you willing to stay there when sometimes you don't have much to say? Are you, you know what I mean? How do you stay yeah. there? And that's the road less travel. And obviously it's, it's benefited me tremendously. So. And brand is a big deal, right? I mean, the research, for sure. it says for, for any brand, right? You mm-hmm. need to see it many times, several times, 20 times, I think is what research was telling me. There are different numbers. You need to see it many times before you take the plunge. That's for a brand. And a personal brand is in many ways the same way. Tell me a little bit about what you tell your customers or what your clients rather, what you've also seen works when it comes to attracting their customers, you know, those magnetic, awesome, meaningful, memorable experiences. What works? So how I start with my customers, I start with two things. I do a social media content audit for their brand. So I look at every single platform that they're actively posting on and I break down each of their posts and why they succeeded and why it didn't. 
All right. And what that basically does is inform our content strategy to say, where are some areas of opportunity where we can grab market share? What aren't we doing? What are people gravitating to so we can invest more in those areas? Right. And then to couple with that, we also do a competitor analysis. So I tell brands to give me three of their closest competitors and then we do the similar breakdown to them. Right. How are they? What is their customer experience? But we focus on four C's, content, customer experience, data collection and conversion. And whatever that's defined as far as conversion it could be email, newsletter, sign up. It could be actual purchase, any of that. Right. But those are the four principles that we focus on. Right. How is your content performing? How are you collecting data from that customer? And what is the two way straight two way street you're creating or what value exchange or value add you're providing data um, conversion? What does that customer journey look like? And are we simplifying the process? Right. People's attention spans are like this. So how can we hold their hand and make it an enjoyable experience at every touch point? So those are some of the things that we look at to do. And then we just think of some outside the box ideas. Right. What is something that people are doing in your space? Once we look at your content and we look at your competitors, what is missing? Mm-hmm. And what can we do with our budget? Right. Because sometimes a lot of brands think they can buy their way to the minds and heart of the consumer. And you can't. You can't buy it. You can't buy it. So what are we going to do at the ground level to make somebody want to come back and engage with you? And that's what we try to focus. And that's where we try to shift their mindset that it's a slow and steady race. You're not going to make a post tomorrow and go viral. It took me three years to get to 20,000 followers of every single day. So it's most people think it's going to be just like you. You put gasoline on the fire and we're going to blow it up. And hey, they're going to social. It doesn't work like that. Right. So. You can't buy the minds and heart of the consumers, but what is a way or what are you, how are you going to differentiate yourself in the space? Right. And you can do that with limited budget. I did it with zero budget, True. with zero. Yeah. yeah. It was free to post every single day. And what I tell people on, as far as personal branding, LinkedIn is the biggest highway in the world. And you get to put a billboard up on there every day. There you go. And it's free, and not it's free. effortless. But free, it's I want free. to stick with that thought because that's that billboard, right? And that's what yep. gets our attention. That is very important. That's top yep. of funnel. This is also looking at growth through retention. This is about keeping people coming back, in this case, keeping them interested. What are some thoughts? What have you seen that works? It's one thing to get my attention, one thing to keep it or to build that tribe, build that following, you know, those advocates, those people who really care for me what what retains my people or people who follow me i think is the authenticity mm-hmm. people know what they expect from me and it's going to be something that they're not going to see it on the feed every day right so for my for instance right when i first started on social media when i first started on linkedin before i posted a thing i would i did the audit i would look on the feed every single day what's what's performing well and why so what i said is i'm just going to be myself I'm going to throw my hat on. I'm going to throw my hoodie on. There's probably, if there's 2% of people posting, there's probably 0.0000.1 people that are from the Bronx that are hip hop, that actually are social media experts and sales experts that can talk on the platform. So I think that was the niche for me. That was my lane, right? Mm -hmm. And if I can get you to buy into me, I can get you to buy in a product. And it's the same thing as with a global brand. If they buy into you, they will buy into the product and they will retain because they love what you're doing. But nowadays it's done where brands can just print dollar bills. They can't do that no more. Yeah. They can't. So what you have to do is, what do you stand for? Besides your product, what, what values, right? There's women's rights, abortion rights, right? There was a lot of brands that were mute. That's what I would recommend to brands, right? You have to get out of that shell and you have to figure out once you come out your shell, what do you want it to be? Because you have a blank canvas, right? There's so many areas where you can use your creativity and there's a big lack of creativity in the space. So for anybody listening, tap into that. 
right? I just looked at what I can make myself different. And then what retains the customer is me giving them my authentic self. You know what you're going to get from me Monday through Sunday. This show is the big leap. It's called that for a reason, right? Because we yep. want to inspire marketers to do that. Take that big leap. Take those risks. Stand out. Break the playbook. Be a bit do like it. you. Go the road less traveled. Keeping in mind that we want them to be bold. What would you recommend them to do? Maybe even something that you weren't even bold enough to try yet, Jarrett? What haven't I tried yet? <laughs> I was thinking about that. I was like, this is not going to work with you. This is not a question I need to ask. But no, breaking that playbook, taking the big leap, what is it? Maybe one that you haven't taken. I, I would say for all marketers, get into sales. Okay. Get into sales. Most marketers that I've worked with, they're great marketers, but they don't understand my world. I've never been in an organization where I've seen a marketer come to a sales conference or come to a sales meeting and say, let me just listen in on the call. Mm -hmm. Let me hear what the customers are saying. Let me hear their challenges. Let me hear their problems. Most of the times we're just shooting in the dark. Work with your sales team. Work with a Jared, partner with a Jared at your sales organization right now that doesn't mind putting themselves out there and come up with a combined strategy. We certainly have the deal flow to show for your efforts as well, Jared. Yeah. You were selling and are continuing to sell on personality at yeah. some level. And um, it's what you relied on to sell is what I read in your bio, 80K in two weeks using social selling. What does this mean? Unpack this for me. Yeah, so this was a, a really cool conversation. So I had, it was, I think it was like a, maybe a year into the personal branding. Um, it was a rough quarter. It was, I'm going to be honest with you because obviously everything was inbound. So you can't really project what's going to happen inbound. I may get four leads one week. I may get one lead the, one lead the next week. And it was yeah. kind of fluctuated. So out of the blue, I had a random VP of, VP of marketing reach out to me like, hey, Jared, I love your content. I've been following you for a year and a half. Uh, I just love everything that you do. I just happen to be in the, in the service for an SEO company. This is what I need to do. I want, I'm looking for SEO audits, this, 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 and the third. Can we chat tomorrow for coffee? Absolutely. But when I got on the call, what happened was she had her entire team there. And it was like, I felt like a rock star as soon as I entered the call. <laughs> it was like, oh my God, that's Jared. Look, guys, this is the guy I was telling you about, the guy I was sending you the stuff in the slacks. And this is what's going on. I can't believe we're talking now. We may work together. And it was just excitement for the first 10 minutes. And we just really developed a really good relationship. And then I did enough research on their brand where I came in with ideas, suggestions, and exactly knew a lot about their business where I could actually implement what they were asking. Just showed them a couple of slides. And the next week, we just did one more, brought the team on who's going to be servicing the account. We do another another call of warm and fuzzies. <laughs> and then afterwards, we're actually illegal. But why I'm saying that is because being that I was already top of mind, being that I always put my story out there, I had already built enough trust and credibility with this person where I did not have to sell. She had it in her mind already that I want to work with Jared took the time out of her day to write a long paragraph about her problems and send it to me directly. So right then and there, I'm going to have a leg up from the salesperson who's reaching out to her cold. Yeah, because you so, understand the problem. It's engaging on the basis of, I understand you. I that's understand it. You're, where you're coming from. And also, I just want to work with you. It, I might not even know the business like that, but you want to work with me that much because you have that affinity for me already because I put enough content and made you feel a specific way. Well, say, Jarrett, you have high energy and that's also part of it, right? That's yes. That's also part <laughs> of the whole package. 
I'd love to hear from you a tip on how to stay motivated and this high energy, how you maintain that because you're building your own brand. You're reinforcing that. Our audience wants to do the same thing. What's a tip to stay motivated to keep energy levels high? Accept the wins. Accept <laughs> and celebrate all of your wins. Okay. I get a lot of no's. I get a lot of no's. I don't win every business. I'm not going to win every account. But guess what? Anything I do for my business, that's a win. If I created a new website today, that's a win. We got a new landing page. That's a win. We created a post on LinkedIn and got X amount of views. That's a win. Right. So gotta, you got to look at yourself and look at the glass half full. And I had my, one of my mentors tell me, I shout to Solomon Choi, um, owner of 16 Handles. That's my big brother. And um, he always told me that. First conversation we have, he said, what separates people or CEOs or entrepreneurs from the regular workers that our mindset, we see the glass half full versus the glass half empty. And mm -hmm. if you shift your your perspective that way, it'll be much more enjoyable instead of you saying, oh, man, I got rejected 10 times today. Oh, man, I didn't get that job. Nobody's going to want me. And that's the energy you put out. And then that's what you're going to get back. So I'm always optimistic, always okay. happy, always this, always this I, I certainly feel it. In fact, I want some of what's in that branded cup is what I want. Oh, no. Oh, no. It's it's regular coffee. <laughs> I wish I had something. I, know, I need some St. Patty stuff. Just, just kidding. Just kidding. So we know a lot about you. You're very transparent, very upfront. One thing Absolutely. most people won't find out about you on LinkedIn is you are a musician and you learn most of your marketing from trying to sell music online. Now I would just take a guess. Maybe you said hip hop. So that was my mind was someplace else. I was going to say, no, this is a Niles Rogers type. Of guess. <laughs> this is a man bases his space. But seriously, what, what is that selling music a lot like selling a brand? Yeah, it, it's, it's very similar. So for me, when I was growing up and it was even early in the internet day. So me, I would sell um, before I got into sales space, I used to work at Dallas BBQs and I was a waiter and I was selling mixtapes out of my apron. I, I, I kid you not. Right. And there's 40 different rappers in my neighborhood, right? So how am I going to differentiate myself? It's similar to sales, right? Who's going to know me? Who's going to actually take the time to listen and download my content? And I had to provide that value. I had to be everywhere. I put posters in stores, on highways. I'd have billboards. We invested so much into that, right? But that's where I end up learning about the customer experience. How do we simplify it, right? And how do you differentiate yourself with an online brand. If you think of a place like YouTube where you can give your content or even a Shopify, there's millions of creators there. What is going to make Jared Thomas stand out? And what I have to do is make sure I interact with them before they get to the site. I can't, I can't focus or expect the algorithm to give me the love that I would want. So what am I doing outside of those places to drive traffic and build that relationship? And that's what was my whole thing. So by the time when I got to iPool rank, when I started to develop my personal brand, I had it all. It had prepared me for that moment. And it was like, Jared, you're at a place right now. You're used to being at a big brand. But what are you going to do to stand out in this market? So I'm going to switch to a couple quick rapid fire questions yes. to wrap it up because yes i could i could continue i could continue but i could talk to you all day peggy absolutely. love this <laughs> i could talk to you all day jared i really could but we do have to wrap <laughs> it up i want to move us into some rapid fire questions let's do it okay just from the heart right you have worked at a number of companies hootsuite just one of them you've learned loads from that experience name the most important action companies can take right now to help their employees build their personal brands? I would say provide them resources and also incentivize them monetarily. 
So the reason why I say that, I have a term that I call for people who just start on LinkedIn. It's called the LinkedIn bug, right? Mm -hmm. So what that is, is when you, the first time you make a post and you see it go viral and viral to LinkedIn is anything over 1500 views just for context, right? So mm -hmm. when you get a post for me, it was, I made a post about, you know, me getting into sales. It did 30,000 views and I'm on wow. Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, all these places. I've never seen numbers like that. So if I'm a brand, I'm trying to think of how can I get my team excited and when they could get bit by that LinkedIn bug so they can see the true opportunities outside of just this organization. And that's what you really have to do, right? So they develop their personal brand. It's going to help them at your organization. It's going to help you drive ROI and it's going to help their career and make them a stronger employee. So you should want that, right? So in order to get them to get to that point where they have the LinkedIn bug, you have to create a process in place where they're actually posting actively. So like for a first week, whoever gets the most impressions on LinkedIn this week gets a $50 gift card. Whoever gets uh, the most engagement this week gets $150 or, or get Friday yeah, off or something like that. Gamification. Gamification right. is it, key. The contest. Yeah. So by the time you're into the first full month of doing it, I've been posting for five days, 20 days now for the entire month. One of them are going to go and one of them is going to get enough exposure where they're like, holy crap, I like this. And let me see where this takes me. And if you get them to ask that question, you're going to have employees whether it's 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, that are waving the brand flag with you without needing any guidance. Let's pretend you're giving a masterclass, which you do, you have your workshops, you're giving a masterclass in positivity, authenticity. What's the one small thing marketers can do for the biggest impact? Don't be afraid to bring your whole self to work. Mm. So when and why I say that, and this and this is why there needs to be a lot of diversity in marketing or diversity in the industry. We all have different backgrounds. We come from different communities. We have different experiences in life, right? And those are different demographics that we're all going to try to market to. So those, you know, those their experiences matter. Their thoughts matter. And if you actually bring that into a melting pot and just have those diverse ideas, you can reach a global, broader audience. But the problem is, it's like we all just like, hey, this is what the brand, the CEO wants me to do this, so I'm gonna do this. The mm -hmm. VP of sales wants me to do this, so I'm going to do this. Challenge the status quo, people. Yeah, Be yourself and bring your whole self to work and show people. And that's when you're going to be more excited. I know for me as a black professional, I always had to hide who I was. When I stopped that and brought my whole self to work, I came up with better ideas. I was a more effective seller because guess what? I didn't have to think about other BS that would cloud my judgment throughout the day. I don't have to worry about how Peggy is going to interact with me at the water cooler or about a coffee machine, right? It's like, yeah. hey, Peggy, what's going on? Yeah, we got a call. Let's go do it because yeah. you know who I am. Yeah. I don't have to fake it or, or, or be somebody else. So bring your entire self to work. Bring your experiences to work because that's what's going to help you come up with that campaign that goes through the roof. Speaking of through the roof, a little plug for you. You have yes. an awesome video podcast, more than a title. So what's in that title? Yeah. So more than more than title means it, it's just that I feel that we're all more than that. Right. So when you look at me, Jared Thomas, like I am a, a musician, I'm a father, I'm a son, I'm a brother. But that all makes me who I am. And you can't just pit me into a sales box. So I, I even though I've been a sales professional for 11 years, I love marketing more than sales. And what I did was just use marketing as a way to help me drive more sales. And that's what marketing is. One on one, right? So that that's what it is for me. So I just wanted to do that. Um, you know what I'm saying? I just wanted to be my authentic self. You have this video podcast. What is the smartest advice you have heard there from maybe one of the coolest guests that you've had? 
Oh, man, there's so many. First of all, shout out to everybody who's come on the show. And I'm going to get you on the show, Peggy. We're going to set up this okay. date. We got to set it up. Um, <laughs> one of the ones that stand out to me was Paxton Baker. So he was the he's the chairman of the Washington Nationals. So he's mm-hmm. a minority owner in the Washington Nationals. He was the youngest of seven children, grew up in Compton, California, and then sold his first business to Bob Johnson, who was the CEO of BET at the time. And there was one story he told me about before he sold that business. And he said he was at a music conference and he was going to have a meeting with somebody. Mm-hmm. And the elevator door is about to close. And then somebody's like, hold on. He sticks his hands out, you know, hold the elevator door open for them. And they just have a conversation. So long story short, he goes to the meeting. He goes to the receptionist desk. Say, hey, yeah, I'm looking to meet with so-and-so. So-and-so who he was going to meet with was the person he opened the door and held open the door for. Mm-hmm. And because he did that and they had that conversation, the gentleman overheard him, walked him right in the office and made the introduction to Bob Johnson and the BET team all because he did something small, like opening the door for somebody. Wow. So I want to say that, and I say that to say to other people is we all try to look for ways to generate sales. Sometimes being a good person is the best way to generate sales. Hold the door open for somebody. Take that call at eight o'clock at night that you don't know where it's going to lead. Expand your horizons, right? So just be a good person. Focus on helping others because it's always going to be reciprocated. Great, great story. Because I'm thinking also opening the door in a different way. You know, it's about opening the door for conversation, being yourself, taking and making the extra effort because at the end of the day, it is that. You are a marketing leader because you're also good at not just selling yourself, but you stand for something and you're consistent. And all of the points that you brought up in the show today. So thanks for sharing your story and being so candid about it and being so entertaining as well, Jarrett. Time just (laughs) flew by. I usually ask our guests, okay, where can we find you? Well, I don't have to really figure that one out. (laughs) You're out there everywhere, but maybe you just tell us a little bit about how we can uh, find all of your other content. You've got a podcast, you've got a video show. Am I missing anything here? Nope, you're all good. So if you want to touch base with uh, more than a title, you can go to all streaming platforms, Amazon, Tidal, Shop, I mean, Spotify. Um, And then follow me, Jared Thomas at LinkedIn. I should be the first one to pop up if SEO is doing good for me. So you'll see me. Yes, so you'll see me. But um, if you want to support the podcast, like I said, we've got a great season two. That's, I mean, season three to start next week. Uh, We've got Solomon Choi, CEO of 16 Handles. Uh, We've got some really good people. We've got the Corporate Bro, if you heard of them. You ever heard of that page? Mm Mm-hmm. Corporate bro is coming on, uh, potentially okay. CMO of McDonald's, CMO of Pepsi, a lot of big brands. And I'm just excited to have real authentic conversations with some of these leaders. So please stay tuned. Any support is welcome. And if you want to buy merch or come to see our services, otb-digital.com. And we're going to absolutely take a few of those class- guests of yours as well over here. Please. In time, in good time, Jared. And this has been The Big Leap. For our audience, we also publish this video as a podcast, which is easy for you to consume on the go, on the train, on the plane, wherever you may be. And if you're listening to the audio version, you can also see the video. Just search for The Big Leap on YouTube. This show is all about shining a light on amazing marketers who took The Big Leap to achieve growth through retention. So if you have a story to tell, hook up with me on LinkedIn, and we may get you set up with a show of your own. Until then, this is Peggy Ann Saltz for Clever Tap and The Big Leap.